Welcome to today's edition of Make Her Space, a podcast about women who dare. Hear inspiring interviews with South Coast entrepreneurs and artisans who've carved out their own spaces and share the challenges and rewards of their often unexpected journeys. Brought to you by The Standard Times and SouthCoastToday.com. And now, here's your host, Barbara Lomonaco. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Make Her Space. I'm your host, Barbara Lamonico, and I'm here today with Jennifer Potter. Jen is the owner of Beautiful Collective, which is an apparel and accessories company. Um, she has been nominated as a South Coast Emerging Leader for 2019, and I'm so excited to have her here as a guest. We just met very recently. We couldn't stop talking, and it seemed that she was absolutely made to be on um, Make Her Space. So welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. And um, prior to the podcast starting, you all know that our hashtag is um, podcast with Prosecco. So I'm going to confess right now that we are drinking our um, podcast with Prosecco cocked signature cocktail out of coffee mugs because I forgot <laughs> the champagne flutes. And so I'm really sorry. I wanted to make a good impression, but I kind of like that we're drinking and it's a lovely coffee mug. It's very pretty. Uh, yeah, lovely, lovely coffee mug. And I have to give credit to my friend Anthe who told me about this great recipe that's Prosecco with a little bit of limoncello, orange bitters, and club soda. It's the perfect summer drink. So, um, toast to all of you people out there who are listening to Makerspace, and I just want to jump in, um, Jen. We were talking a little bit about um, Beautiful Collective. Tell me a little bit about how it got started and your interest in um, apparel and accessories and um, where where the company's headed. Well, it's um, an inspirational, motivational apparel company that started based on the idea of inspiring women and when I first started doing it I wanted to inspire everyone like my goal is to inspire everyone and I guess you know we started talking about e-for-all it kind of honed in my demographic and especially women you know motivating them inspiring them helping them to feel like they can be themselves and if there's anything that you know I get from this company it's making women feel like they could be the person that they want to be you know I have it in there it says b-e-y-o-u tiffel and everything says you know be strong be you be beautiful and it's repeated on the front it's repeated on the back and when you look in the mirror you remind yourself I am beautiful. You're damn right you're beautiful, you know? And it says, like, shirts say, I am beautiful. And some people look at it like, well, I'm glad you're confident. I'm like, yeah, I am confident. <laughs> I, I wake it. up every morning and, you know, that feeling of feeling beautiful and feeling strong, it took a long time to get there as a woman, you know, after having two kids and going through all the health stuff that I've gone through that I want to feel beautiful and I don't need anybody else's approval but my own. Mm-hmm. And looking in the mirror and having that But then you see it, and you see that message. And when I walk away, you see it again. So it's like that constant reminder. We're always trying to be somebody else. And having a daughter, especially, you know, she loves Jojo Siwa. So she is like, I want the big bows, and I want the crazy outfits. And that's totally cool. But I want her to do it for Grace, not for Jojo. Mm -hmm. If you're going to wear it, 
own it. Be yourself. And I, I always instill that. Boys are different. My son doesn't care. <laughs> but, you know, my daughter especially, I want her to feel confident because social media tells us we need to be that social media influencer. We need to be that YouTuber or the person on Facebook that does all these different things. But what if we were ourselves? What if we stop paying attention to everybody else and just start being ourselves, doing what we do because it makes us feel good, not because you think I look good. What a great and inspiring message for your company. So uh, I want to hear the story of how the company started and when it started and kind of the nuts and bolts of that. So it... It started about a year ago, but it was just kind of like those baby steps. It didn't start right away. Um, I had the idea that I wanted to start a yoga studio. That's that's really where it started. I teach yoga. I do all of these things. You know, the more we talk, you know, I do a million things, mm-hmm. right? But I decided I wanted to start a yoga studio, and my husband was on board, and we were, you know, moving full steam ahead. And every time I got a space, something happened, and the space fell through. And part of my business plan was I'm going to do yoga I wanted a storefront and I wanted to sell apparel so I could you know teach the yoga class inspire them in class and send them away with really inspirational apparel like that's what I wanted to do and no matter what I did the yoga studio kept falling through and I was so excited looking at all these spaces in downtown New Bedford you know my roots are here like I live in Dartmouth but I really wanted it to be in New Bedford and no matter what I did it just would not work and I just kept saying why why is this happening like I I had the banker and I have the plan and this is supposed to happen and someone mentioned to me like why don't you just concentrate on a part of it and I'm really good friends with the the person who does all my screen printing he's like just start making some shirts and start backwards and at first I was like well that's kind of weird he's like you already teach yoga so does it really matter so I was like all right let's start and it was easy. So the messages were already there. I already started creating them. You know, part of the first time I went to school, my degrees in art. And um, so that part came very natural to me. So I was like, all right, let's do it. We started printing and it came very easy. And so I started doing that. But it it was, I was passive about it. I was like, oh yeah, you know, if I sell a few shirts here, a few shirts there, I'll slowly start my website. And I have a life coach. Her name's Lauren. And I tell everybody, everybody needs a Lauren. And we always kid around. She's the one that introduced me to Brene Brown. She introduced me to Mel Robbins, who I recently just met. Mm. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where she was like, you have a great idea. You need to do the e-for-all pitch. And I'm like, what in the world is e-for-all? And that's how it started. So my momentum actually started by me applying to the e-for-all pitch. So tell me about e-for-all. So e-for-all, um, it's, it's a bigger organization, but here on the South Coast, they have e-for-all South Coast that so many of my friends are involved in, and I had no idea. So it's pretty amazing once I got into it, and I'm like, oh, that's what this program is. So it's an entrepreneurship program, um, local that you they have pitch contests which are so cool they just had a food pitch contest and um but this one was like a general where you go in you pitch your idea you set up a table almost like you're doing a fair or a festival you meet all kinds of people they have you do a one minute pitch and the first time I did it and it's so funny I set up the table I had no idea what to expect Lauren was the one who like pushed me to do it and I'm setting up this table and someone walks up to me and he you know sits on the board of Efrel and he's like so tell me your pitch and I'm like my what like I'm at a pitch contest, but now you want me to tell you. Uh, 
So, you know, getting put on the spot and after about an hour of doing it by the end, I'm like, oh, I got this down to a, to a T, right? And thinking like I got it all under control. And since then it's changed so many times, but you know, it allowed me to get in front of a group of people that I, some of them I knew, some of them I didn't, but it allowed me to tell my story. Mm-hmm. And I started to tell you this before the universe keeps forcing me to tell my story and it allowed me to tell my story. And the whole time that I was there, we had, um, they, they were talking about the accelerator program that I'm in right now. And they were saying, you know, apply the deadlines on Monday. I'm like, I just heard about the pitch contest. What is this accelerator? <laughs> but something forced me at like 12 o'clock on Sunday night to write, you know, the application and fill it out. And I applied, I got interviewed, I got accepted. And I'm in week nine of it right now. So it's a small business incubator, really. Yeah. It's to develop small businesses. Yeah, and it's amazing. The, gr- the people that you meet, like just the other businesses, they're so amazing. They all, We all do so many different things. You're in a room full of a dozen people who do so many different things. And to see them grow is even more amazing. Not just watching yourself grow, but watching all the people around you grow. The confidence that they gain from standing up in front of people and telling their story and why they're doing their business and watching it grow, it's it, you know, it gives me goosebumps. It's so validating too, oh, right? It it's is. so, uh, so many of my guests on the podcast talk about the element of a certain loneliness when you're going out on your own and starting your business, because you're not in um, an environment with 30 other people to say, oh, how are your sales today? Or how's your product development going? Or um, gee, did you get your website updated? It's just you. Right. And what an amazing opportunity for people with this phenomenal creative energy who are taking maybe baby steps to have that early validation and support and scaffolding to get them to the next level yeah it's it's amazing because you don't have just those people in the class you know donna and samia they run it and they are they are what hold it together but the people that they have come in to teach the class that right there it's you know other business owners other you know accountants bookkeepers lawyers social media you know big business owners all of these different people are actually teaching the class and they're doing it on their own time they're you know coming in and they're teaching all of these valuable skills and each week no matter where you are in your business whether you're just starting or it's just an idea you're picking something up and it's so amazing to just get a taste of that every week and every person you meet is more than willing to meet you afterwards so you connect and make those relationships and then we have mentors so at first I'm like I have no idea what this mentor thing is E4ALL is known for their mentor match I'm like what in the world it's like speed dating Mm -hmm. and where you literally for two straight days for like I think it's three hours go around and you tell your story and what your business is and to see if you you match with these people like you actually it's almost like grading them right that's amazing yeah and that to me was it was nerve-wracking because I'm like oh my goodness like the first day I was so nervous but I keep going back to I'm supposed to tell my story I literally had to tell my story like 40 times to all of these different people and by the end it was just this aha moment of oh this is what I'm supposed to do and the mentors like they keep you on track you talk about that accountability I have a meeting every week and we talk about the things that we're talking about in school, but we're talking about how my my business is changing, my social media, you know, holding on to the things that I should be doing, the things I shouldn't be doing. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and I think that telling the story and having to tell the story so many times 
is in a way a kind of meaning making because you're hearing your narrative and you're hearing it through other people's, um, I I guess you're being mirrored by somebody else. Mm -hmm. And when you tell your story, it not only entrenches your story, but it helps you make more meaning out of where you are and where you're going to go. It kind of, it seems like it might really help you concretize your direction in some ways by telling that um, story. And I think there's such a power in telling our stories and such a privilege in listening to stories. One of the reasons I love doing podcasts and I think that um, I used to be a therapist and um, the privilege of hearing somebody's story and taking that um, gift is just phenomenal. It's really very, very powerful. Um, How can people find out about E for All? So you can um, look it up online. You can, I believe it's E for All want to say dot org um but you can just google e for all e-f-o-r-a-l-l and there's one right here on the south coast they actually have a cohort coming up for the winter i know their deadlines in august uh october and um they can apply they can see all the pitch information you can follow them on instagram on facebook oh that's so yeah, great they have a lot of social media presence i think that might be really relevant to our listeners and because this is a podcast about south coast makers um it, i think that this will be wonderful for the audience um so i want to backtrack a little bit because we were um we met at a festival i was selling some skincare. We smiled at each other. It's a love story, right? We smiled (laughs) at each other. Uh, You came over and we started talking not really about skincare, um, but about uh, our journeys, our trajectories. And you had just left a job and I had just left a job. And we talked about the freedom, the exhilaration, the excitement about what lies ahead and the intoxication of that possibility and... When people are telling their stories, I always look at what the the turnings are, the turning points. Like, what was the catalyst when something happened? And you said, yeah, you know, I just, it was time, and I had a heart attack two months ago. And I'm looking at you thinking, this is a young, fit woman. You're in your 30s. Yep. And I said, whoa, 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 wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) You just, I, I don't, I really, honest to goodness, I did not think I heard you correctly. And I thought, did she just say heart attack? So can you talk a little bit about that and the kind of, I think that in our um, health crises, there's always a window into meaning yes, and really an opportunity, and I hate to say opportunities if they're a gift, but to really take stock. They challenge our very fundamental ways of being in the world and all of our assumptions. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I get teary-eyed when I talk about it. I did have a minor heart attack. It was actually no damage, and that was a blessing in disguise. But um, seven years ago, around this time, I was newly married but also pregnant, and I started getting chest pain. And I you know, just thought it was acid reflux or something. My heart rate was really high. My husband took me to the hospital. They're like, oh, we're just going to give you something for your, you know, for your acid reflux. You know, your daughter has a lot of hair. That's all it is. And they sent me home. And I got home about two hours later. My heart rate was still like through the roof. I'm sweating profusely. And my, um, my, 
my husband was like, you know, we need to go back to the hospital. And so he brings me back to the hospital. And at this point, my heart rate was like through the roof. And they instantly, they're like, all right, we have to do all these tests, like, you know, do the EKGs, do everything that they could possibly do. Again, while I'm seven months pregnant, I'm at Charlton. Charlton was absolutely amazing, but I was pregnant. And that's like very rare, you know, to have something wrong with your heart while you're pregnant. And, um, they found out that I had pericarditis. I had fluid around my heart. They have no idea how it happened. They looked at it as a fluke. Um, I was transported to women and infants, so I spent a few weeks in the hospital. They took very good care of me. We thought we were going to lose our daughter, which was really scary. Um, So that was the first time. I had her five weeks early, and because of all the medication I was on, she was 7'2" five weeks early I had the fattest baby in the NICU so that was you know (laughs) I weighed two pounds three ounces when I was um three months premature yeah so you had like a giant preemie she was giant so (laughs) compared to all the other people that were there and their little tiny babies I had this little fat thing and I mean she was seven pounds so it's not like she was huge but compared to all the other preemies like she was huge and you know because I was on all this medication and of course like you're worried like there's something going to be wrong is she gonna be okay and I mean she is huge to this day I mean she's almost seven and she's like almost up to my shoulders so she and she's thriving so there's no worries at all with that but it was it was really really scary and you know for a little bit my health was in check I took really good care of myself like after having the baby and you know just kind of paid attention to it and I had another baby in between um my daughter and my son are two years apart no flare-ups and then about six months after I had my son I had my second flare-up and they actually tell you it's very rare to have more than one flare-up you know once you get pericarditis chances of getting it again don't really happen so I've been hospitalized seven times for it and but my cardiologist he is amazing so amazing and I don't let things like this bother me or affect me you know I have two small kids and at first you know when I got diagnosed they're like well your heart rate's really high not sure if you're ever going to be able to run again uh the year before I was diagnosed I ran the Boston Marathon for Boston Children's Hospital I was doing some work um with someone local this woman Kelly and her son Brady they do healing little hearts here on the south coast they raise money for Boston Children's cardiac unit and Brady I mean that kid is my inspiration I, 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 it's the only reason why I ran a marathon and just the thought of everything that he has to go through on a daily basis that's what got me to finish that and I have no desire to really run a marathon but I ran for a heart unit and then a year later I got diagnosed with a heart condition so you know I find that ironic but not you know it's the universe it's the universe putting me where I'm supposed to be but I I want to prove my doctors wrong I'm going to run again. I'm going to do all these things. And it's been tough. It's probably why I've had flare-ups, but I do Spartan races. And I did a trifecta last year. I'm actually in the middle of it right now. I have another race in two weeks. But um, Spartan, we started talking about it. It's three races. It's a sprint, which is three to four miles. Then there's like um, a super, which is seven to nine. And then they have one that's like 12 plus. And they're all through the woods. And they're all, you know, I don't care about times. I just want to finish. But the hardest one was up Mount Killington. It took me and my husband seven and a half hours. The hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It was when you have to go up and down a mountain while you're racing, you really realize, you know. What you're made of, right? I mean, 
it's amazing. amazing. Was it was the motivation because of your diagnosis or in spite of your diagnosis? I guess in spite because I wanted to prove the doctors wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, at that time I was still in my late 20s, uh, no, early 30s, mm-hmm. but you know, I was young and healthy and athletic and I didn't want anything to stop me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you tell me I can't do these now and I want to live another 50 years, like what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Sit on the couch and, you know, just kind of watch TV mm-hmm. or am I going to get up and am I going to do something? Am I going to inspire and motivate my children? I mean, I get up every morning, I thank the Lord that I woke up and I want to do the best I can possibly do. Like, I just don't want to wake up and not have a purpose. Yeah. So, um, so it didn't hold you back, but it seems like it did create some opportunities for you to think about your next steps. The most recent incident. So you, uh, um, in this podcast, I talked to a lot of women who left their day jobs Mm -hmm. to pursue something that they felt or feel aligns with their higher purpose Mm -hmm. and their really a way to bring their talent to the forefront and do more of what they love right and less of what doesn't fit with their identity so what was that process like for you so it it's been a long time coming I love what I've been doing during the day I do a lot with mobile apps and um, I, I absolutely love it but it was never like I'm going to wake up and this is going to be what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. You know, that I can't wait to motivate people with mobile apps. <laughs> that, you know, not saying that that was a bad thing. I really enjoy doing it. I The clients that I met, the people that I've interacted with, I've made lifelong friends. So doing it, I definitely loved being in that moment. But it was never... I want to do this till the day I die. I have always felt that I'm supposed to inspire and motivate people. I teach yoga. We talked about that. I teach a lot of yoga. And I feel like being able to teach somebody how to relax, how to let go of things. And we talked about that too when we first met. Just being able to let go of the things that we're holding on to and look for the things that truly make us happy. And, you know, having these conversations, telling my story, getting someone to wear something that really makes them feel amazing that's what I'm supposed to do Mm -hmm. and everything else has just kind of come along with it and you know when we we talked about this too when you can be so unbelievably grateful for where you are in your moment you start meeting all of these amazing people Mm -hmm. and it just comes out of nowhere so many people that I've spoken with identify that in times that transitions that could be seen as a crisis um, if you've left a job um, because you wanted to or because you had to. Right. Um, that there is certainly an amount of um, fear that comes with that because your friends and family might say, are you crazy? But there is also this ridiculous uh, exhilaration, joy, optimism. I'm looking at you yes. smiling <laughs> hugely right now. The dizziness of freedom, I like yes. to say, uh, that comes with waking up and saying, today is my day. It's not someone else's day. It's a day in which I'm going to go create something, motivate people, inspire something, write something, whatever that is. So um, what were those first days like for you? It sounds like you had good support from your family to do your thing. Definitely really good support from my husband and my really close friends. I actually didn't really tell anybody. So anyone who's listening is now going to hear like, hey, surprise. But is it really a surprise? Jen's a free agent. Yeah. You know, to a lot of people, 
it, it, it's not a surprise. Yeah. You know, I've always done a million things. So there's so many other things that I'm already connected to. So it's not like the end of the world. But it, it's funny because I, I actually got to a point in my life where I really, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I really don't care what anybody else thinks. And I know you, some people are like, well, you should care. But I, I don't. I'm waking up and I'm living my best life. I got out of bed, I put two feet on the floor, and I'm doing the things that truly make me happy. And the person who supports me is right there with me. So I think that that was the most important part. And knowing that, you know, as I move forward, I'm doing the things that are, are, you know, best for me, best for my health, best for our children, and everything else just kind of follows suit. But it makes me so, like, I knew, knowing that this day was coming, it wasn't like, I'm leaving my job. I'm scared. What's going to happen? It's like something big is happening. I don't know what it is. And, you know, we've said that numerous times. Something is happening. And my husband's like, you are crazy. But <laughs> but I can feel it because I'm putting that energy out there and I'm telling my story and I'm, I'm creating that this business around what truly inspires me and makes me happy. And what really matters. Yes, right? it does. Um, it's, we've been talking about Brene Brown just before the podcast started and she talks a lot about um, worrying about other people's opinions of us. And I think in my, I'm uh, 54, right? I'm much older than you are. The beauty of getting older, there are a lot of great things about getting older, is that you just care less and less what people think because your identity is so much more entrenched and so much stronger. And Brene Brown says, don't take feedback from people in the cheap seats. Uh, <laughs> yes. you know, And that when you get feedback from people like your mentors and your coaches, it doesn't ever sting if it's a hard truth to hear because you trust them. Yes. And you recognize that it's part of a very positive relationship based on your growth. Right. But there's also feedback that comes from places that don't honor that. And right. uh, that's such a great lesson that she teaches about, yeah, just don't take feedback from the cheap seats, from people in the, really in the cheap like seats. That. It's not important. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about what's next, because we've talked about you telling your story. Mm-hmm. So we have the Beautiful Collective, and that's going really well. You have apparel, you have accessories. Um, you certainly are still teaching yoga. Yeah. But what are the next steps for you? Well, I think the next steps are, you know, continuing growing the Apower brand. I think that that, you know, is my purpose at this moment as I'm moving forward. Um, Seeing that come to fruition has been so amazing. And the feedback and the support that I've had with the Apparel Company, it's just, it's so, for lack of better words, it's beautiful. But (laughs) it, it really is. And it's amazing. And so as I'm doing this, I think we started talking about to uh, the TED Talks. Mm-hmm. So I've applied to a few TED Talks, and that has been amazing as well. And whether or not I get accepted, writing the outline for it has really helped to kind of create a series of workshops. I'm doing stuff with the MS Dream Center in Rhode Island that we briefly talked about. Oh, tell me about that a little bit more. So um, one of my friends, he is heavily involved in the MS Dream Center and he wants to create some workshops and we have met and we're creating a series of what is your why accepting where you are and you know bringing that to the forefront for people with disabilities not just you know it, it can be on any platform it can be for you know women it could be for young teens it could be any someone who's leaving their job someone who's going through a health crisis you know accepting where you are in this moment and acknowledging it we talked about vulnerability being vulnerable 
and looking at its beauty, accepting it, and then learning and growing. And how are we going to help ourselves? How are we going to help somebody else? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, people, especially with disabilities, someone who gets diagnosed with cancer, they're like, well, I didn't deserve this. Nobody deserves anything that happens, but you can't control it. What can you control, and how are you going to make your life better? And those were the conversations that me and Mike have had about making this come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And so over the next few weeks, we're slowly developing this series, and it's it's going to be amazing. Um, it gives me the goosies because I was just thinking about your own health journey and your own kind of wrestling with vulnerability as a young woman who was pregnant with her first child I cannot imagine any more of a feeling like a beetle on your back but what an amazing opportunity to work with people who may have um, chronic health issues or a diagnosis that's troubling to make meaning out of that and to take that as and it sounds horrible to say an opportunity because um, what a crappy way to get an opportunity but to use it as a window of meaning into who you are how you're going to shape your reaction to what's happening to you because that really is the only freedom we have right is the Mm -hmm. attitude we take about what's happening right and maybe how to empower people when they're at their most vulnerable maybe by embracing embracing their vulnerability um and making sense out of what's happening and uh it just so resonates with where you've been and it's it's funny hearing it back and you know going through everything that i've gone through over the past seven years i've never questioned why And it's funny because that's what I'm telling people to question. What is your purpose, right? So I'm telling you, question yourself. I actually never questioned myself. As it was happening, I never said, why is this happening? It was, how can I get through it? And how can I continue to wake up and do the things I want to do or prove to someone? You know, mine was proving to the doctors. How am I going to prove to my cardiologist that I can run a marathon, that I can do the things that I want to do? So it was like proving to myself and proving to them, but I never questioned it. And maybe it's because I do have children, and maybe it's because I want to inspire my kids to do whatever they want to do. You know, we're we're told, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. Do we believe it? Most people don't. You know, if my daughter wants to be, a, she wants to be a, um, a geologist, and I'm like, if that's what you want to do, do it. Don't let anybody stop you. And if someone tells you you can't, try that much harder. And they see me do this on a daily basis, and I can only hope that that continues to inspire them and inspire everybody else around me. Do you think if you hadn't had this health crisis, you would have been motivated not just to pursue your own goals for healthiness and fitness and all of that, but would you be in this position to want to inspire and motivate by telling your story? I would hope so. I really don't know if I would. I mean, my degree is actually in exercise and health science, so I went back to school to inspire and motivate people on a healthy level, right? So it's it's funny, like, my degree is in what you know, what the world is like throwing at me, like, let's throw all this health stuff at you, but this is what I'm educated in. And, you know, I've taught yoga before I had any of this happen. So I was already promoting this healthy lifestyle and, you know, to let go of things. And I look at, it was the universe saying, 
this is, it was lining it up. Like, you have all of these tools. You're going to go through all of this crap, and you're going, you're going to help other people because you have all the tools in your toolbox. And, and sometimes it really is living the message you're teaching. Oh, yeah. So you're teaching um, all of these things, and then some twist of events happens where you have to really live mm-hmm. what you're teaching. And what a robust way to, again, um, walk in that. Um, and live the, make it a lived experience because sometimes, um, I think my listeners know, I've been a professor for 30 years, we're teaching and in our heads, right? We're teaching, it's very cognitive, very intellectual, but then there are these life lessons that happen where you're really suddenly in your own movie when right. you're teaching and it makes it so much deeper and it gives you maybe a kind of empathy that you may have had empathy in a in a, um, I don't know, everyday sense of, yes, of course, I'm empathic about what my clients are going through or what people are going through in their wellness struggles. Right. But then you really get it. And it's maybe in some ways this gift to really get the deepest level of empathy because you've lived it. You do. And I used to always tell everyone I am not a sympathetic person. So, you know, my kids fall and they get hurt and, you know, I'm like, does it hurt? Um, (laughs) I've never been sympathetic for for anything, and it's just kind of how I've been brought up. But as far as being empathetic, and when someone tells me a story or tells me the things that they have gone through, I would, especially over the last few years, every time I hear a story, I just, I start crying. You know, when we talk, you know, some of the things that we've talked about, I get goosebumps and I get teary-eyed with you telling me your story because it just like really hits me because I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to go through the things that I'm going through. And mine is very minimal compared to what so many other people are going through. And we're all going through so many different things. And I don't compare myself to other people, and I think sometimes a lot of people that are going through their own personal struggles tend to compare themselves to others instead of just living in their moment and living for what they have going on. And I, when I hear what other people are going through, it's just... I don't know. There's just something about it. it. You connect on a different level. Yeah, absolutely. You really, really do. Absolutely. And I think it is that gift of um, empathy that helps us grow. Right. And even if you're coaching others, we benefit so much from just hearing people's stories. It's it's incredibly powerful. It is. Um, so what a great conversation. Um, our listeners should know that we talked for like 25 minutes before the podcast even started, and we can't stop talking. I know. Um, but uh, let's let everyone know where they can find beautiful uh, apparel and accessories. So you can go to beautifulcollective.com. It's B-E-Y-O-U-T-I-F-U-L, collective.com. You can see all the apparel that's up to date that we're selling, uh, accessories. You can see part of my story is on there. We're going to start adding you know, some of the local events that I will be at, um, social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, both Beautiful Collective as well as myself. And you can look me up that way as well. I love, you know, talking to people. I love hearing stories. I love promoting local businesses, local women. I also, I think we talked about it. I also run South Coast Mamas and Babies here in the South Coast, which is so amazing. It's a local play group. And so I... Fantastic. I did not know that about you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Amazing. Jen, Potter, I am just delighted that we met. It was the perfect 
timing, no accident that uh, we met and that you were in the studio 48 hours later. I love it. Um, thank you so much for being thank my guest so today. What um, what a great conversation. Thanks, everybody, for listening in to Make Her Space. Stay tuned for next week's episode. That's this week's episode of Make Her Space. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.